I'm Robin Miller-Brecker. And I'm Karen Lenzer. Welcome to Seeking Center, the podcast. Join us each week as we have the conversations and weed through the spiritual and holistic clutter for you. We'll boil it down to what you need to know now. We're all about total wellness, which to us means building a healthy life on a physical, mental, and spiritual level. We'll talk to the trailblazers who'll introduce you to the practices, products, and experiences that may be just what you need to hear about to transform your life. If you're listening to to this, it's no accident. Think of this as your seeking center and your place to seek your center. And for even more mega inspo, sign up for Seeking Center, the newsletter at seekingcenter.app. Karen and I are in constant awe of the people that the universe puts in our path. We met Golbahar and Brian through our trusted friend, integration and plant medicine specialist, Tori Nelson. Tori couldn't stop talking about her experiences with Golbahar and Brian. And we knew if she was blown away, we would be too. Golbahar and Brian have over 16 years of studying mind, body, and spirit and access the Akashic Records to provide you with unbiased truth straight from your subconscious mind. If you're seeking breakthroughs and personal growth, their readings and coaching offer valuable wisdom and specific guidance. Karen and I experienced a reading with them firsthand, and we were left speechless. The insights, messages, and steps given to us aligned deeply with our soul. We knew we had to talk more and dive deeper into their learnings and the universal truths they've come to know. So let's get going. Hi, Gobahar and Brian. Welcome. Good afternoon. I I, I appreciate that. That was probably the most incredible introduction we've It's genuine. And as as everybody who listens knows that we always experience the sessions with anybody we have on our podcast. And to Robin's point, what she just said is really authentically true. It really blew us away. I love the way you two work together. It's rare to see a couple work together so closely to bring these sessions to life. And you guys really did that. And you each have such a key, wonderful role in that experience. It's it's a perfect segue to our first question, which is how did you meet? It's a funny story because Brian will say that I followed him or found him, but really, no, that's just more of a joke. We met at the school <laughs> of metaphysics. We crossed paths a little and noticed each other, but didn't really enter too deeply into relationship until a couple years into our studies. So I was in Springfield, Missouri, and she was in Dallas, Texas. I came to a teacher's meeting in Dallas, and she came to the event to video it. And uh, I thought she was cute. She was 25. I was yeah, 43. <laughs> and then I saw her at a talent show, and it was a really cool performance. And then we were competitive. She became a teacher and a director of the Dallas school and the Dallas school grew to the biggest school. So I was in little old Springfield, Missouri, and I took mine to number two, (laughs) just tried to keep up. So we both ended up in Chicago and we were still really competitive. We've learned a lot from that. That's a a whole podcast in itself. (laughs) Then we ended up in the same class and I had been interested in a couple of women for a while. And I believe that I was trying to fit them into what I really wanted. I had like a two-page list of what I wanted in a relationship. And one day I looked at Golbahar and I said, you know what? She fits the list. I looked at her with new eyes. And for me, at that point, I was 30. I really hadn't been in any long-term relationship and it just wasn't aligning. And I know a lot of women go through that. And when I saw Brian, he does a lot of great drawings and mind maps. And me being Pisces, I have an idea of what I want, but I can never hone in on it or I couldn't in the past. I can now. And I was like, yeah, I want to be a part of that vision. And he would just really 
really kind and we connected on a very deep soul level. We just started to get along. We didn't get along at first at all. And it looks like we work well <laughs> together and we really do, but we have had a lot of conflict. And what we've learned has helped us to evolve and transform that experience. Let's talk about that for a second, because there's two things I would love to know. First of all, tell us a little bit about the School of Metaphysics and then what brought you to that school? Yeah, what led you to want to dive into metaphysics? I'm sure you guys have experienced it where you just have a knowing that you need to do something and then you do it. So for me, it was really that I had just graduated college and I was like, I need to do something else. And literally it was between taking guitar lessons or going to this class. I've yet to take the guitar lessons. I still want to. And so I really wanted to understand myself beyond what I had already accomplished. I had a corporate job. I had all the things I was supposed to have, but I felt really unfulfilled. And I really didn't love myself. I didn't even know how to. I knew I needed to though. And my dad was really sick at the time and he believed in energy healing and the school offers healing classes. They teach you how to do healing. So he actually told me to go to the school to learn how to heal him. So that's another story in itself. So that's how I started there. How did you get there? I was a home builder in Springfield, Missouri with an MBA. And I had a voice in my head that said, you should do yoga. I ignored that for six months. And my bicycling magazine, my golf magazine, then literally at the spin class at the Y one day, 30 people walked right in front of me with yoga mats. And I said, okay, I get it. And I started to do yoga. I instantly started to experience more quiet, relaxation, spaciousness, more of the present moment. And I began to observe things I could not explain. People would pop into my head that I hadn't spoken to in 10 years. And then they would call me five seconds later. And I'm like, I don't have an explanation for this. And for nine months that went on. And then I wandered into the school for a free movie night and had a full awakening that there is no coincidence. Everything happens for a reason. And I signed up for classes and it was wonderful. Golbahar and I, we were there from 2000 2007 till 2016. And we were there at the exact right moment. We had all the master teachers and unfortunately they've all retired. The school was 62 people when Gobahar led it in Dallas. And the last thing I heard, it was at one or two. And that's why we started Akashic University of Metaphysics. And that's why we do the readings and the coaching that we do is to try to carry that on because we're not really sure about the future of that organization. Just to add sure. a little bit, one of the questions was, yeah. what is the school? The founder was Jerry Ross and he had an amazing mind. He was teaching these metaphysical things that he was learning just from different sources. And people kept on asking him to teach. There's been so many people that the school has output into the world yeah, and they're yeah. doing amazing things because right. of what yeah. was taught. And the concepts are very basic. Concentration, meditation, visualization, dreams, past lives, and, attention, and connecting with your inner self, community, service, all of those things. The reason that the school started was all about the readings. So Jerry Rothermel had a huge metaphysical library. He was a salesman. He, he traveled. This is the 60s. You don't have the internet. You can't get a metaphysics book at Barnes and Noble. So you're going through back hole in the wall places in small cities, finding obscure books that have been out of print for 50 years. And he collected these books. And he was a huge fan of Edgar Casey. And he met a woman and he asked her if she would be willing to experiment with hypnosis. They were successful. They were able to do these Edgar Casey style readings. And that's what drew these people. What is an Edgar Casey style reading? Edgar Casey was 
the most well-known American psychic. It's C-A-Y-C-E. And if you Google it, you'll spend the rest of your life reading. Over a hundred books. There's an organization that studies his readings to this day that still exists. He would go into a deep trance. People could ask him questions and he would answer them all about their body, all about past lives, all about anything they wanted to know. And they didn't even have to be present with him. This is in the early 1900s. And these people would be 200 miles away and he would sit down. They would write him a letter and he would do a reading and they would type it up on a typewriter and send it back. And it was blowing people away. He was helping people to cure themselves and helping heal relationships and helping people find learning and growth and understanding meaning to life. And it changed the world. And I think she was wondering, what is an Edgar Cayce style reading? So Jerry in Springfield, Missouri, 1960, rediscovered how to do this process. He trained people and it became so big that the people that were following demanded a school to learn and grow in. Unfortunately, he died in 1990, but we were trained by people in that lineage. That was taught by him. So we look forward to training people in order to carry this lineage <clears throat> on because it's very important that the world has access to this information like you received. And speaking of, we had an incredible reading with you both and you channel the Akashic records, Golbahar. So can you explain what is your definition? Because we've talked to others who Mm -hmm. access the Akashic records, but how do you do it? And how does that energy come through you? Yeah, it's a very good question. So some people call it channeling, and I guess it's interchangeable. We call it reading the records because it's like literally going in and reading information that moves through me. I'm not there. So that's the weird thing where people are like, what is it like? And I'm like, I don't really know exactly other than I can say we train for about two and a half years. There's a very rigorous process that you go through. And we train two to three nights a week. Sometimes I would go in kicking and screaming because it is uncomfortable. You have to surrender yourself and you have to trust your conductor, Brian here being the conductor. So in that process, you're told to go to what is called your secret place. You go to this place in your mind, kind of like in meditation where you go somewhere and you close yourself in. And then the command gets you under deeper and deeper. And it's almost like you're walking away from where you are is the best way that I can say it. And so I I remember in the process of training, things would start moving through me as as if my mouth was speaking, but I wasn't thinking. I wasn't having to tell my brain to say the thing it's supposed to say, which was really (laughs) weird and also would trip me up. Sometimes I would fall asleep because there was resistance in it. And I remember asking Barbara Condren, the woman that mentored me, what does this mean? And she said, you just have to become less interested in what's moving through you. And I was like, oh, you're too involved. I was like, okay, how do I do that? So we just kept on training. And one day I remember very very significant time where I got bigger than my body and something clicked and I was out. And when I came back was when I the session was over and then the training was complete. And it is a surrendering of your outer self. And so I always say, people will say, you said this. I'm like, I just want you to know, I didn't say it. I know it feels like I did because it's my voice. It's my <laughs> yeah, sound. Yeah. But even recently, there's been these light beings that have been moving through me. And I cannot sing very well. I want to. This is true. I will testify to this. I can show you. And this light sound is moving through my voice and it's amazing. It's very beautiful. And so it's, Mm -hmm. it's not even sometimes my voice, but it is just like this vehicle. If that makes sense, it's Mm -hmm. a conduit that then moves the information 
through my consciousness. The more that I evolve and grow, the information is better because it does draw from my vocabulary. If I don't know a word, it won't be able to go through. So I try to continue my own. So as part of the training, she would literally get like the book Gray's Anatomy and these different medical books. And she doesn't have to read it. She just has to flip the pages because subconscious mind can photograph every single page. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't know. In a reading, she'll churn out stuff and I'll laugh because she doesn't know. The Golbahara Wake would not do that. She's a Pisces. She doesn't like a lot of structure, although she's changed a lot. She's grown a lot, but it's not her nature. Her nature is just to, to flow. So in the readings, people that know her closely just die. They'll say, we see there's seven steps. And then she just saw number one, number two, number three, because that's not her conscious mind. She would never approach a situation with numbered steps. That is so funny. Can you also give a definition of the Akashic Records for those who don't know? The Akashic Records is the record of everything that's ever occurred. Now, that is all your thoughts, all your feelings. It's the entire depth of the experience. And it's stored in a very fine matter. So in subconscious mind. So we have a conscious mind, subconscious, superconscious mind. So our subconscious mind, we recognize as soul. Our superconscious is spirit. And our conscious mind is connected to our body. It's physical. So in our soul, there's enough substance that it can still be written in. And that's where the Akashic records, they're written in this substance. Now, quick over to ghosts. So a lot of people have seen ghosts. I've seen two. I didn't know, I believed in ghosts until I was looking at one. And then I said, oh, <laughs> but there's enough substance there because it's a soul or spirit, but it's not physical. But there's enough substance there that sometimes if you look at it, that's why they show up on camera. And so it's a very fine material. Now, in the Bible, it's called the Book of Life. It's sometimes called the Hall of Records. And when you review your life at the end of your life review is going through the Akashic Records for that lifetime and reviewing it because it's all captured. Caution in Sanskrit means sky as well. And so the way that I see it is everything, like all that there is and has ever been. Oh, I love that. And when you are channeling the Akashic Records, I know in our case, we can talk more about the kind of reading we did, but you were able to access past lives. So would that, how would that be considered within the Akashic Records? The past lives are stored in the Akashic Mm -hmm. Records. Because it's a record. It's literally- It's like a library. Throughout history, there's a lot of ancient scripts will say, as it is written. That's what it means. And I've read in certain books, and I think it's come up in certain readings, that when you die, your guide takes you and you go through a process of going through your life. But then you go through a process of going through the records, looking at other lives to connect and understand and then decide what are you going to do next? So give us an example of a reading that you've done. What are the kinds of questions that people come to you with for people who might be interested in a reading with you? What can they expect? Can I say a few and then you say a few split it up? Because I do the intake and and he works with them, actually. Mm. It's so interesting how everyone has the same questions. It's so beautiful. Love, how do I get this relationship to be better? Or how do I have the relationship that I want? Mother-daughter stuff, familial stuff, career, whether it's how do I make my career better or just all of those things. Money, 
health, happiness, spiritual growth, connecting to guides. A lot of people want to know that. Some people have had really profound spiritual experiences they don't understand yeah. and they don't know what to do with, but right, it's just right, happened to them because right. they've had an awakening, but they don't know what to do. Or trauma that they trying to resolve and understand. I call it sometimes, especially our health reading, I call it the third opinion. So you go to the doctor, you get a, well, I don't like that diagnosis. So you go to a second doctor. You don't like that diagnosis. I wouldn't go to a third doctor. I'd go to another alternative healer. We're the third opinion. It'll provide a perspective on whatever it is, relationship, <clears throat> career, prosperity, abundance, happiness, health. It will provide you a different perspective that creates movement because you can see it differently. One of the things about the readings is they always empower you. They always empower you on steps that you can take. And what I love as a thrifty Capricorn is a lot of those steps don't take any money. It doesn't take anything to stop thinking a thought or to start thinking a new thought. It doesn't cost anything to do some deep breathing or to meditate. Yeah. Now, sometimes it'll recommend going to a chiropractor. It might recommend going to an acupuncturist or something like that. But a lot of the stuff is, it's just me. And so the cost is my effort, my desire to be my best, my desire to change. That stimulates me to say when people come to us specifically, they just have a question they need an answer to. It's, I need to know this. I need to understand this. How do I understand this more? And I think that is another reason why someone gets a reading. Well, and I love the way that you do work together. And I know, as Karen was saying, we have had other readings in the Akashic realm. And I find it a little more challenging in knowing how to phrase certain questions because it is different than, let's say, just an, an quotes, normal intuitive reading or a medium reading. It's different than that because you can't, you do need to know how to phrase certain questions. And I think, Brian, that's where you're so helpful in being that conductor. I love that word because it is a little different. Yeah. Thank you very much. There's a lot of pieces that go into that. One is just plain experience. We've done over 3000 readings ourselves. So every reading, you get five questions. So that's 3,000 readings. That's automatically 15,000 questions. <laughs> that's a lot of questions. To me, part of the beauty of getting a reading is when I ask people, what are your questions? Some people know, and some people, they know they have questions, but they don't know what it is. And it's just taking the time to even do that work. Yes. For me, even, I've had a question for myself, and I've written it down, and I don't even know the answer, but the answer comes just by doing that. You're so, so right. With the question, there's always an answer, I feel like. If Being able to ask it, and it isn't that really the truth of problem solving. I'm drawing Ask. from my business yeah. world. I worked in lean improvement for a while. And they always said, if you can figure out the problem and come up with a problem statement with a question, you solve the problem. Yeah. What I loved yeah. about the experience that we had, once you get into the experience, you really feel this wisdom, like this permeating wisdom in the experience. And that the answers that you're getting to your questions are just coming from a completely different place. And what I also love so much is that it wasn't just a pie in the sky answer. You gave some really specific follow-up things to do. So it wasn't, you just come out of the experience wowed that you tapped into the Akashic records and that it recognized you, but that there were some really tangible takeaways from that experience. And what I love to point out to everyone listening is that Karen and I did a relationship reading. And some people may think of relationships in the matter of love. <laughs> and I do love Karen. But Karen and I were doing a relationship reading to better understand how we're supposed to work together in this lifetime. And what was so validating for us was what came through in addition to this very specific guidance that Karen was talking about 
was also this backstory of one of our past lives. And actually, there was more than one past life that came through. But there was one that was extremely specific in how it relates to what we're doing now. And we talk about it now almost on a daily basis. Remember when we were back? And it helped us recall in our own soul. Mm. I love that so much. Because you all, you two also have a tremendous amount of wisdom. And that's kind of the thing with the readings is to activate that inside. Yeah, it felt that way. It felt like an activation. Yes. That's the perfect word for it. But I just remember feeling that sense of being in the presence of this awesome, wise energy that really knew, that really understood where our questions were and why we wanted the answers to them. It just felt like we almost got transported with you. Like, Love that so it really much. Was. Grateful that you were able to experience that. Yeah, we are thrilled to be able to do something that's so fulfilling for so many people. And we've gone pretty deep in, into the study of this. Healing is understanding. So how does a placebo work? A thought that you accept and then you heal yourself, right? So if you have the power to heal yourself, then we should be able to train you. But nobody acknowledges that. And the flip side of the coin is if your thoughts can heal you. And in the case of amazing healers throughout the history of the world, they can heal you in an instant and it becomes a miracle. And we've seen some of this stuff in our own lives and in the lives of people close to us. Sometimes just hearing the reading will cause a shift immediately that causes understanding. And we've had a couple of people experience instantaneous instantaneous healing. healing. Now, I want to clarify this. It wasn't for major things like leukemia or cancer, but it was something specific that they had been dealing with for months and it was actually healed instantaneously. When they made the connection in their mind, when they heard what came through Golbahar as far as what was causing the issue and what would create the solution, something clicked. The light bulb went off. That's incredible. And I want to get into some of the different readings that you do. When you are going into that trance state, are you normally with the intention that you're connecting with the Akashic Records? So where Golbahar goes for these readings depends upon where I guide her. Past life reading, we go to the Akashic Records. For a health reading, we will go specifically to where you are. So we need to know your physical address at that moment in oh, time. Oh, wow. For a health reading or for some of the other ones. So she'll read you specifically. She'll read your spiritual mental, emotional, physical, and energetic system. So that that would probably be the next one I recommend for you guys because it's very thorough. And if you can catch something in the mental, emotional area, you don't have to experience the physical stuff. You can head it off at the pass. And I like to say you can heal things three times faster if you work it on the mental, emotional, and the physical. So you eat the stuff you're supposed to, then you think the stuff you're supposed to, and you feel you make some adjustments in those areas. There's no supposed to, so I take that back. But you make some adjustments because that's all it is making adjustments and that creates the greater health and wholeness. So true. Can we talk a little bit about some of the other readings that you do since we're on that subject? So you said obviously Akashic health is another. What is a Dharma reading? That's one of your favorites. Your Dharma is what you're here to give to the world. It's something you deeply understand that's very well ingrained in you. You don't have to try to be this. This is who you are. And you have developed your Dharma over many periods of time. You have wisdom with it. 
And so the reading will first start off describing your dharma. And it usually is like one or two words, sometimes three or four words, depending on the person. And then it'll go back to one or two, sometimes three lifetimes that help paint the picture of how you developed it. And that is significant to the present moment of what you're doing now in your life. So it links those two times Mm -hmm. together. And then it'll tell you, this is what you did. This is what you learned. This is your next. This is how you can apply it to the present moment. So it'll give you the significance. The second half of that reading is all about how you can use your dharma to fulfill your mission and purpose in this lifetime. So then you've got this wonderful backstory of understanding how you've got to where you are. Sometimes Gobahar describes your dharma as your superpower. It's the cumulative understandings that you've built. So if you've taken 50 million math questions, you're just going to exude math when you're at lunch talking because you understand math. It's the same way with these things. It's a way of being as your dharma. And when you're in alignment with this, you're in the flow. You're charismatic. You're attractive. It feels good. And when you're not, you're paddling upstream in the canoe. Yeah. And it also does describe your mission and purpose for this lifetime, which is some people really want to know that. Mm. Sometimes it'll tell you that it's forming. And so it's something you're still developing. It's a very popular reading because people want to make sure they're doing what am they I, should am be Am I doing. on the right path? And That's a big question. Everyone's always on the right path. Which actually also makes me think about soul planning. Does that ever come up in your own work? Well, there's a few ways to look at that. Number one, most of us have karma. So things that we've done that we still need to understand or resolve. Well, we have yet to learn. Clean up the mess that we left in a past lifetime. Or ideally, some depending on how that looks, it could be described. So people call karmic knots, untying them. So there's that. But then we also sometimes make soul contracts. And this is so fascinating. What I've learned over the years is that you really can't judge anything. We tend to think that our thoughts create our illnesses and diseases, right? So then if I get cancer, I might say, oh my God, my negative thinking has caused this. I am a horrible person. That's not the best place to go. The best place to go is let's take responsibility and move forward. But a lot of times these diseases are soul contracts that you set this up before you were born. To learn something. At age 43, I'm going to contract cancer. Well, that's so it's not a culmination of negative thinking. It's something you signed up for. We've what you've been doing right. Real quick, we had a past life a couple of years ago that blew me away. This woman got cancer. Her husband left her. All of her friends abandoned her. And then she lost her business. I have never heard of such a thing. We're trying to help her. What is happening? And it was all these unbelievably advanced soul contracts for this crazy learning that she's got. And nine months after she got that first reading, she's writing a book. I didn't recognize her. She She looked looked so amazing. She has come through the fire and just unbelievable. You empowered her. She could look at it from the human perspective, like what just happened to me? I'm doomed or whatever. Or look at it from the deeper soul perspective of this is exactly what I need. And so to answer your question is we have developed a reading called In Between Lifetimes. It goes into what you've done in between lifetimes. What were you learning? All of these things. That is exactly what I was wondering. That's very cool. I feel like someone could spend weeks because all of these conversations and insights matter. There's so many of these things that are tapestry of who we are, right, the right. past lives, the in-between lives, the dawn. Yeah. 
here's a thought that I have. So we do a lot of dream interpretation. In the universal language of mind, how we interpret dreams, your mind is represented by a house. So if you're dreaming about a house, you're dreaming about your mind. So these readings are different perspectives into you. So it's like looking in a different window of the house. So what do you want to learn about? Do you want to learn about the kitchen? You want to learn about the living room? So then that determines the reading that we help to figure out what's the view that's going to give you the information that you want. And we love to do special stuff. So I'll just put that out there. We write readings and create them later. We love to experiment and craft new things to try to figure it out. Back to what we were saying about when an entity comes through. So I'm here in my conscious mind. And a couple of times we've had St. Michael or some crazy stuff happen. And I'm almost blown out of my chair. (laughs) There's so much energy. It's just this Mm -hmm. energy just flows through. And again, I'm a Capricorn with an MBA. I'm about as grounded as you can get. So for me to be experiencing that is really a fascinating thing. Gobelhart, were you able to do this work before you and Brian started working together? Or did that evolve because you were working together? And that at all. I was teaching. I had been teaching metaphysics for, I don't remember how many years, but quite a while when we started. I am not that person. (laughs) My intuition does not work that way. I know there's people that are very, they can see things. No, it was really through the training. And like I said, for me, I had a big fight, a big ego fight. I had to let go of parts of myself that were uncomfortable with it. Sure. Tell us about your mind mastery class and what a mind mastery reading is, because I know that's another one of your specialties. So this one came about after we had been doing readings and teaching for, for several years, and we realized that what people needed was a greater structure. They needed a foundation and people were having experiences. They're having ayahuasca weekends and they're going for Vipassana retreats and locking themselves in boxes for days and doing all these different things. Which are all really good things. They're very wonderful, but then they're just isolated experiences and they're not connecting, integrating, assimilating them into some whole. And as a former builder, being very grounded, it's got to make sense. So when I started this journey, they would say, we we want you to do this exercise for 15 minutes a day. And I'd say, okay, I'm going to have to see some benefits here because my return on investment, my time is worth about a hundred bucks an hour. But I did the exercises and I saw the benefits. And that's what we teach. We teach attention. Yeah. So it, it hones the conscious mind, helps you develop your attention, concentration, memory, very important skills that will probably get you a raise at your job. Yeah. And specifically the mind mastery reading, we couple it with a reading mm-hmm. to help integrate the information. Because that's the biggest thing. The readings need integration. And although we offer a lot of readings, not everything has an integration. So this mm-hmm. is that. So the mind mastery specifically goes in and tells you how are you using your mind in a masterful way? And then what can you do to get to the next step? Yeah. And it'll talk about concentration, breath, meditation, all of those things. Mm -hmm. So our six-week course, this is my Mastery 101. It's a foundational one. It's just to get that foundation down. We Mm -hmm. include dream interpretation in it as well, meditation. Then what happens is, and we really highly recommend taking the course and up for a class, the way we've structured it is you can take that class as many times again as you want without paying. You're just automatically grandfathered in auditing. And we do recommend that. And when people have done that, they just first time you get something and then you keep going deeper and deeper. And then next year, we're offering 102, my mastery 102. And so it's be this process of building the foundation and then going higher and using higher levels of mind. 
And it is worked into a lot of people want to learn how to do what we do. So we're like, okay, great for you to do that. Let's work on these things so you can get to that thing. Yeah. 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 Because people don't realize that the concentration is so important. So to master subconscious mind, you have to master the conscious mind. So if you want to build a skyscraper, you first start, you got to dig really deep to build those pillars, that support system. So that's what we do is we help you build the conscious mind out first. We help you resolve a lot of stuff, clear the feet. And then we help you plant stuff and then start to grow, start to deepen that connection with subconscious mind through dream interpretation, exercises that help you to develop your intuition and things. And really go deeper within. And I I love Tori as well. You mentioned Tori in the beginning. She sometimes voice memos me these questions, amazing questions that she has that just is coming through. And one of her questions recently, and I have to say this here is, can you just go into the Akasha and heal yourself and other people? Just go in there and move things around. And I was like, that's a really good question. I sat with it for a while. And initially I was like, well, I guess you could. Why wouldn't you be able to? And then I thought, no, because why do we even come into the physical world? Why right. would we even come here? This is the classroom in your conscious well, mind. I- Thank you, Tori, for that question. Healing has to happen here. The Akasha is the information. It is the support. The conscious mind does the work. So the Mind Mastery class is that very grounded conscious mind work. And I think what you offer, it's such a critical component to all of this. And it's something that Rob and I talk about all the time. It's wonderful to have these one-on-one experiences and to have them blow your mind and really to look at things differently as a result. But it is the integration. It is the, so what do I do with it? That is so important. And I think not enough healers and practitioners are able to offer the depth and scale and scope of classes so that you can really practice it. And really, it's like having a gym that you can go back to each time you're creating beauty so that I can always go back and practice more and get better and deeper. So when I wandered into the metaphysical school at age 43, what amazed me after a couple of weeks, this realization in all of the education that I had, nobody had ever taught me about me. They don't <laughs> taught me about something else. And where's the power lie? The more that I know about me, the more control that I have over me. Everything's I was actually just rereading The Untethered Soul. And it's true. How do we go through so much of our life without really learning about ourselves, the voice in our head, the feelings, emotions? I don't know. Nobody teaches us. I remember after a year of being at the school and I had just graduated college, I was like, I have learned more in this one year than the 12 years and plus college that I went to school. And I'm not to knock that. I'm very appreciative of my education. But how did that happen? So at age 43, I had gotten myself into a place where I was taking anxiety medication because I was building five houses at a time. I was, this is probably a little too much. And I had a migraine headache medication I took as needed about every two weeks. I took two things for allergies every day and, and I had insomnia. And within 30 days, my insomnia and migraines went away. Just doing these mental exercises, these spiritual exercises, Within three months, I stopped taking all the medication for anxiety, everything. I was cured of everything except gout. And I had a severe case of gout. I'd taken medication for eight years and I was scared. I was scared to not take it because if I didn't take it for a few days, I couldn't walk. And so with the help of my teacher and we identified the thought form that causes gout and I was able to work with that. And within three weeks, I cured myself and I've been medication free and gout free for 16 years. I do not have gout. And that's the 
the power of what you can learn in this class. As you become more aware of your thoughts, you can say, that's not true. I don't want to think that anymore. Mm-hmm. Become the master of your own mind. And then everything changes. What is the one thing that you would suggest that people do or could incorporate into their daily lives as a simple practice to help them feel healthier and happier? Thank you for asking that. We thought about that question to make it simple. I think for me, it would just to really going back to the, and we'll give it to Brian too, your life is for learning. So in any experience, if you could just ground into that, what is the benefit? What am I needing to learn? And you might not know the answer and that's okay too. But just breathing into that, I do believe would really be supportive of anyone's life, no matter what you believe or don't believe. That's what I would say. That's what I do. That's what keeps me sane and centered. Hey, I agree 100%. I'll add one thing. So when you ask the question, Gobahar took a deep breath. And that's what I would say. I would say, take a deep breath, bring yourself to the present moment. And then my awakening thought was everything happens for a reason. And then I added to that, everything happens to my benefit. I didn't know that at first. And things happen because, hey, that's what life is. We had somebody ask in a reading just recently, why is there trauma? And sometimes the answers make me laugh a little bit. I didn't think this would be a laugh answer. And she said, there's always trauma. There's supposed to be trauma. You need trauma. You want trauma. And I was like, wow, okay. But that's how we learn. What happens when you graduate first grade and that you graduate the math class? You get a harder math class. Yeah, right. down and like, now that's you got to learn calculus. All right. like, no. yeah, there you go. And then, but we, we don't recognize that. And so it's the perfection of ourselves. The only yeah. thing we're going to take with us at the end of this life is the person we become, the consciousness that we build. So every moment we have choice. And yeah. We it's perspective, right? And I think that point of what can I learn from this? I think it's one of the hardest things for most people to learn and to embrace. I feel like we've all probably been through some really traumatic experiences that have led us to where we are now so that we can, in those difficult situations, make that choice. And Robin, I want to say here, because I know that there's someone listening right now that's saying, F that. Like, and I want to validate that person right now, because I think alongside all of that is just having empathy with yourself that it's okay if you don't feel okay with whatever is happening. It's the shadow, it's the guru and the light within from the dark to the light. And sometimes we may be in the dark for a really long time. And I think that empathy and loving yourself, which is also very challenging to do, is part of it. And that's, I think, why we have healers and teachers to guide us and hold our hand through those so very that we can, so we can make, make those changes love is and see the, the I, I feel like so, love is the force of the universe right, we right. must love each other and the healers out there doing amazing work is because they have love in their heart so i think if you're hearing this and you say f that just know that you're loved you don't start there great you don't you can't start there a situation unfolded and i didn't go wow what's right. the learning no i didn't i went in another direction for a while and then i found myself and then i said what's the blankety blank learning here and why is this blank and benefiting me i don't see it but that was a beginning that was the beginning it took the edge off i changed my perspective yeah And then, and guess what? My suffering started to go down. Yeah. It's like what you said about the third opinion of a doctor. It's whenever we go through trauma or 
really difficult life situations, there is that aspect of this is reality. This is my reality in the present moment. I have to deal with it in this Mm -hmm. way. But the beauty of what you offer is you offer that sort of other alternative when none of those other things answer the question or make me feel better or point me in the direction of up versus down. There are these other sources of truth that I can seek out for those answers. And how cool is it that these answers are from this place that is universal truth of the universal me that doesn't have a beginning, middle, and end, and to be reminded of that. By and, and full of love, as you were saying, Gulbahar. Right. Right. You have done thousands of readings. Are there threads that we haven't covered? Is there anything that you'd want to share with people that you've seen throughout these readings? I would say that if you are willing, you can make any situation better. Now, I'm not saying you can cure every disease and you can make miracles happen. However, although miracles are possible and and we've seen it, we've seen it all. We've seen people triple their income in three months. We've seen marriages that I'd have bet the farm were over, come back. Mm -hmm. Great. We've seen a person about to be fired, become the manager within three months. We've seen all kinds of stuff, but I guarantee you, if you do the work, you will make it better, a little bit better. And if you make it a little bit better, that might motivate you to do a little bit more adjusting, a little bit more changing. And then the next thing you know, you're feeling a little bit better. And that's what I know. I know people can do that. And one thread that I see is relationship stuff comes up a lot, like having trouble with this person or that person. I've gone through a lot of relationships up myself this year. (laughs) And I've had moments where I cannot do this. I received a reading and asked the question specifically, about this one relationship. And the truth that was in there initially, it was like, no, that is not true. We got it from someone else that they do these readings too. And so I wanted to, I was like, that is not true. And then, so obviously you do that sometimes where you're like, no. And then as I've sat with it, so I think the universal truth here would be like in a relationship, when there is conflict, if you're willing to go into the fact that you there's something in it for you, something you need to learn and always going inward within the self, not that you take all the blame, but you just do your part of it. You can transform any relationship. Wow. It's so true. You're so right. It really can be enlightening. What have you two learned as a couple about doing this work? Like I said, we've had a very challenging relationship <laughs> from the very beginning. We're from different countries. Different you know, age bracket. We're both, yeah, uh, 18 years difference in the age. Catholic, Muslim, raised kind of thing. So not that really isn't a conflict. It's actually probably one of the more similar. That we get along. (laughs) So I think what I was saying, uh, there's this really cool poem and I wish I could remember it, but it's about this woman that dies and then her husband dies and then he's reborn or something. And the idea behind it is in a marriage specifically that there are many deaths and there are many births and that it is possible to be in the same marriage and be very different people over and over again. And we have gone to the darkest places with each other where we're like, I cannot even see you anymore. I can't even look at you. And then going dying, letting that part of myself completely die and transform and seeing myself differently and seeing him differently. That's been my learning. We're in the best place we've ever been in our relationship. And I know there's more. And I say that because I don't want people to feel like, oh, they're so lucky. They just found the one. It's perfect. And it's roses and butterflies. That's not true. And it doesn't mean that you can't have that depth of love 
But yeah, it's not easy either. So I, there's been a lot of learning. For me, this relationship has given me, Golbahar is very free with her emotions and she doesn't hold back. So her dharma is inspiration through instigation. So I like to say that everything's going fine. And then it, my experience is that she pulls the pin on the hand grenade and just casually tosses it. Go! And then we all have to deal with this now. But what learn happens, how to be more mindful with What that. happens is when we put the pieces back together again, they're always better. But that's different. So my pattern was always just run away from the emotions just, and the conflict. I'll come back when you're feeling better. And I wouldn't go deep in it. So this is the first relationship. Family is very emotional. And, and my, my family was not emotional at all. And so I've really opened up emotionally. Then I started having kids at age 55. That's a huge open hearted experience. So I've learned a lot about love beyond the self. I'm a pretty selfish guy. I've done a lot of wonderful things over the course of my life. My first wife left me and I decided to be single for 25 years. And I had a lot of fun. And it's a chance to let go of my identities, to let go of my attachments, and just to become almost, I feel like sometimes I feel like a servant. I do all the shopping, all the cooking, but I've now retired. I do this full time. And I feel I serve. This is how I serve. I serve my family. My kids are amazing. Their past lives, they are our teachers. They are here to change the world. I am here to serve them and make sure that they have the best platform on which to do their work here. And I'm here to serve Golbahar and make her available to the world. Clearly, I'm going to cry. It's so beautiful. I love the fact too that you've brought so much of your unique selves and you've been able to find this beautiful way to come together to offer this gift for people that clearly in our, in Robin in my cases, the things, the messages that you gave us were mind-blowing in so many ways and actionable at the same time. And I have no doubt you do that for so many. And I'm glad you took on the challenge of each other in this real-life form. Thank you. What you're giving back is really an incredible gift. Thank you so much. Thank you for asking so many Good question. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys you've are made great us, listeners. We were crying. Oh. We were like, oh, we're so grateful to now be connected on a soul level. There's a reason we are now connected, and hopefully, we can continue this relationship together and yeah. evolving and growing. That's what it's all about. Are there any upcoming classes or offerings that you'd like to specifically call out right now? The Mind Mastery class, Mind Mastery 101 is our core class. It's our most popular class. And that's coming up October 11th on Tuesday. It's an online class for six weeks. You get the Mind Mastery reading. Get email support with your dreams yeah. and connection throughout that time. The class does get recorded if you have to miss. You get a lesson every week. We work with you on your reading to go mm -hmm. deeper and integrate that. And you really develop specific skills. You'll see an improvement in your attention within weeks. Your concentration abilities will be better within weeks. Awesome. And to work with Golbahar and Brian to find out more about any of the sessions and or classes and offerings that we talked about today, as well as coaching, because you really do have coaching that can be integrated into the different learnings and sessions that you have. You can visit akashicresources.com. That's A-K-A-S-H-I-C-R-E-S-O-U-R-C-E-S.com. Thank you, Gobahar and Brian. We are so Thank grateful. You. Thank you. Hey!